Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to The Money on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 26th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. You're a local mortgage experts bringing in inside advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they affect our uh, local economy. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1 855 411150 or online at themoneyara.com. And our lineup for today's show, we have Carrie Haas of Windermere Real Estate, Bellevue Commons. Carrie is going to be talking about real estate, what's happening in real estate, the timing of real estate, lots all about real estate. And also in studio, we have Jim Rosemary of New Tech Web Inc. Boost your website and grow your business. Our last guest in studio is Steve Walter of Legacy estate planning, estate planning and how you can preserve your wealth, protect your family and create your legacy. Great information and great guest in studio as we do each week. If you would like to connect with our amazing guests, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyara.com. And Keelan, what do you think? Should we start out with a little money chat today? Sounds good to me. Money. Well, you got a haircut. Our guests can't see that. But what else do you have going on for Money Chat? Well, I feel like I kind of nerded out the other week on numbers, and numbers are cool, and we yeah. do a lot of numbers here. Do. But I had a uh, as my phone just I did that. You, I, your phone I just was, rang. I was the, yeah, the co-host <gasps> did that. Wow. I um I was gonna talk. I have had some cool dad moments that I like Aww. that I need to talk our about. Our listeners love to hear about uh, you in London. Yeah. And so as as I'm sure our listeners know, I grew up playing soccer, and yeah. credit to my dad, he took me to practice. Every like I'd practice as premier like since I was a little kid. So such a commitment. So all those parents out there, shout out to you and yes. the commitment you make to your kids in sports is nuts. And I'm starting finally to witness this myself. So London we signed her up from gymnastics on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and then swim practice on Thursdays. Wow. So I have yet as a father to experience there's a there's a glass and then all the parents sit in these chairs and you uh-huh. watch them go. And I'm super competitive. And not only was I proud, but I'm super embarrassed because she gets in there. She won't well, the question is, is she, is she embarrassed by you? That's what that's what the question. Well, that's obvious. Be. But like, <laughs> she gets in there, and um, and in I'm thinking like light and fluffy little kids. She is mm-hmm. dead serious about this. Yeah. Like she is so competitive. So they have to run around in circles. Knowing London, no doubt. It's crazy. And she's like.
like pushing kids out of the way, running <gasps> full sprint. It's not even a race, and she's in front no matter what, like cutting. And then there's like a game where you dump balls out of uh-huh. like a big garbage uh-huh. bin, and then you got to like pick them up and throw them back in. And she's literally tossing toddlers across the room and oh, getting no. as many balls as she can. And I'm just like, oh, hey, go, go. <laughs> and but I mean, I, I'm as proud. But to sit there as a dad and just watch your kids yeah. do their thing on their own, mm. she listens to the teacher amazingly. She doesn't yeah. listen to me at all. I don't know what their playlist is in there, but uh-huh. I need it because yeah. anything she says, she's like teacher's pet, Aww. like anything she says. But she, does, I mean, she does listen to me, but not to that level. Yeah. But it's such a heartwarming, amazing thing to watch your kiddo. Oh, thanks for sharing. Do their own kind of independent thing. So yeah. just a little shout out to our, our parents out there and mm. the commitments they make to their kids. And, uh, you know, it's what an amazing awesome thing it is. Yeah, I, I really love that, Keelan. I, I was definitely not in sports, but I my mom took me everywhere for violin. And my dad, he's no longer with us. But uh, mom, thanks for all that you uh, all that you did uh, with that. So while well, you brought a little personal thing in today, I think I'll talk a little bit about uh, mortgage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll bring something uh, professional in. So I want to talk about the pre-approval process because uh, there's a statistic that I read quite a few years ago. I don't know if it's still an accurate statistic now, and I can't remember the article that it came from, but it talked about 30% of mortgages fall through because of financing. And the reason they fall through is not because of an issue going on with the home or the inspection, because something comes up, an issue that happens with the buyer's financing. This can be a complete nightmare. Now, there's two reasons. Number one, you get pre-qualified instead of pre-approved. That's your first uh, mistake. You want to make sure that you're getting pre-approved. It's a solid, formal loan commitment. Make sure it's gone through underwriting and all of that uh, stuff. But what's important to understand is the pre-approval is based on the information that you provide at loan application. So if you get pre-approved today and you buy a home a month from now, two months, three months, 12 months, at the time that your offer is accepted, everything is getting re-verified. So if you got approved today and you quit your job tomorrow, guess what? You're not going to get a loan. You don't have an employment. There's no income. So the the really nice pre-approval letter looks good, but it's only as good as the information that's provided. Now, also, it's only as good as the information that your mortgage consultant is putting together from the documents that you send in. And this is why it's so important to go through full underwrite, because even, you know, uh, Keelan and I, I think I'm an, an awesome mortgage consultant. I feel I'm one of the best out there. I'm really smart. And I've been doing this for a quarter of a century. Keelan's a second second to me because he's only been <laughs> doing it for five years. But just kidding. Uh, anyways, I'm, you know, I really know my stuff, but I'm not an underwriter. I'm not perfect. Mistakes happen. And so, you know, making sure that you've got everything uh, bulletproof is critically important. So here's what happens. A lot of companies don't pre-underwrite or mortgage consultants don't want to go through the process, whatever the case may be. And so they're determining things on their own and some pretty big mistakes are getting made. And there's always a disclosure in your pre-approval that until everything gets re-verified, the financing is really not guaranteed. So I want to give a a shout out there if you're thinking of purchasing. Now, a little plug for guarantees on closing. I do want to let you know that I have a $5,000 financing guarantee for the seller. So if for some reason there was a mistake that was made, or even if you lose your job in the middle of the closing process, again, you're not going to get a loan, but I'm going to pay the seller $5,000. So it really is helping my buyers get better terms, get shorter, um, uh, get their offer accepted over someone else's offer. So it's a great guarantee. 
To wrap up Money Chat, I just want to talk about a couple of things regarding the pre-approval process or qualifying that you may not know about. Uh, income's a big one. So uh, any income that you have that you haven't received for two years that's not guaranteed can be a challenge. Uh, self-employed, sometimes you can get an exception with one year as long as you've had your business open for five years. And it depends on how the findings come through uh, that pre-approval process. Uh, bonus income, if you're receiving bonus income, you can't use it unless you've had at least two years receiving it. Signing bonuses can't be used at all. Uh, overtime income, part-time income, or other incomes that are not guaranteed. Uh, second job. So these things you have to have a history of receiving for two years uh, to use that income. In employment, you can change employers during the pre-approval process as long as you check with your mortgage consultant first because if you go from a full-time employee to a contractor... If you don't have two years working contract work, you're not going to be able to use that income. So that's why it's important that you check with your mortgage consultant. Or if you're taking a new position within your company and you're going from a salary to a lower salary but awesome potential with commissions, well, if you don't have a history of receiving commissions, that income now can't be used, so it's going to go off of the lower salary. You can't go get a second job um, to pre-approve for more. Again, it doesn't have a history. Uh, next is on credit. You want to be really careful that you're not doing anything with your credit uh, before your offer gets accepted. Credit score, your credit is only good for so long it's going to get repulled. Also, there's a soft pull that happens right before funding. So if any new debt comes up, that's going to throw off your debt to income ratio and can jeopardize your financing. And it may not make sense, but don't close out cards. I know it doesn't make sense, but the reality is if you close out revolving credit cards, it can be devastating for your credit score because you've lost history in your overall credit. So if you've done that after getting pre-approved, now your credit score could be different. Uh, don't open any new cards, obviously. That's going to affect credit. And this is going to uh, be another one. I'll have to bring it into more detail in a future show, but don't pay off collections. Uh, it will. It can drop your score because of that history. So collections always want to be paid off at closing. So most important, I've just given you a couple things to look out for, but there's much more. Uh, work with your expert. Keelan and I are here to, to support you and uh, represent you for financial Financing. If you need that assistance, you can call on the show at one 855 And uh, that's your money chat for today. Coming up next to the money hour, we're talking about real estate goals for the year starting right now. Carrie Haas with Windermere Real Estate right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you thinking about selling your home but don't know where to start? With so many changes in the current real estate market, you need the right team behind you providing guidance and support to get the best return on your investment. The Carrie Haas Real Estate Team has options for you. Her outstanding team of professionals help you navigate through the process of buying and selling your home from beginning to end, ensuring that you make educated decisions and are well represented and protected. She has a proven process to help buy for less and sell for more in this changing market. Her listings sell for an average of 104% of list price, and she has been a top producing agent in her Windermere office for the past two years in a row. Hi, I'm Carrie Haas. Real estate is my business. My clients are my passion. I treat every client like my favorite aunt, uncle, and cousin. My outstanding team of professionals and I have helped hundreds of people sell their house and find their home, and we want to help you achieve your goals. If you want a more stress-free experience and a higher return on your investment, you need the Carrie Haas team. Call me today at 206-719-2224. That's 206 
719-2224. Have a great day. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW at the Saturday, October 26th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It's a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of for your life for you and your family. If you're listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, we have Carrie Haas of Windermere Real Estate, and we are talking about real estate goals for the new year. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking about real estate goals for the new year starting now. Carrie, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. And your beautiful smile. I wish everybody could see that. And a little bit about Carrie. Carrie exudes a passion for real estate that carries through every client, whether you're a buyer, seller, or both. Uh, Carrie's business practices are steeped with facility philosophy and commitment, honesty, integrity, and excellence while loving our clients and developing a strong team to produce the best results. Prior to becoming a manager broker, Carrie owned her own graphic design marketing firm. And six years ago, Carrie brought her leadership and business expertise, her keen attention to detail and eye for beauty to the real estate industry, often exceeding client expectations and rising to the top agent in her office. Carrie's specializes in selling for more and buying for less while managing the process and providing support, guidance, knowledge, and education so that you feel confident from the beginning to end. Well, Carrie, it's an interesting time of year. The holidays are coming up. We got Halloween and then and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then the new year. So it's always interesting with people in the real estate market in general. What are your thoughts? What should be people be focusing on right now this time of year? Well, there's a, a couple different things that I think are important to people. You know, one is they're, they're just getting ready to do entertaining and invite people into their home. So they're really thinking about um, their own home and whether they love it and and uh, where they want to be next. Um, So, you know, if you buy a house now, you can be in a home for the holidays. Or if you buy in December, you can move in after the holidays and have one last in your your home. One last hurrah. One last hurrah. (laughs) But I I, I think another important point for right now is that you want to be thinking about next year and what your business goals are in general. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a big investment, your home. And and so it is um, like a business decision. And you should look at your year um, and what your goals are and kind of make a plan for that because there's um, different ways that you can maximize and leverage your money and especially going into the sort of economy that that we're in right now. I think it's important for everybody to kind of take an an overview and decide, okay, what are we planning on doing? What are we going to be doing for the next five years? Mm. And, um, you know, looking at that strategically. That's- yeah, and strategically is important whenever you're looking at um, selling anything, especially a piece of real estate. So let's talk about part of that strategic plan. And what type of repairs and things do you want to be thinking about if you're going to be selling your home before or even after the holidays? 
Well, you know, obviously uh, fresh paint and new flooring goes a long way, but, um, you know, you really want to be thinking um, how your kitchen is, you know, uh, whether or not you would want to uh, do something there to your kitchen and bathrooms. I think people really respond well to that. Um, but, you know, we go into people's homes and give them a, you know, no obligation. We go through and let them know what things are important to do and what mm-hmm. things are not going to bring them the return. Some people think that you really have to do, um, you know, a fancy kitchen. And really what you need is a good, clean, functional serviceable kitchen yeah um, and there's different ways that you can choose different things yeah and when you do if you're doing an expensive thing if you're not doing the the style or uh, that the buyer wants then it can you're losing a lot of money in that process right I mean so if you're you want to be not put too much money into it because it might not be the taste of the person that's coming in Right. And I I think that you need to, if you're going to be moving, you need to let go of what you like and kind of look at what the trends are and what the the general um, public is looking for at that time. Makes sense. Um, You know, but we we were just talking about going into the new year and Mm -hmm. there's besides your home that you're you want to think about what you're doing. There's also investment, and it's a really good time right now to be thinking about investment. And um, you would want to do the same sort of fix-ups to of your course. your investments and yeah. your 1031 exchanges as well. Yeah. Speaking of 1031 exchange and um, your finances, I know I've heard rumors of the excise tax rules changing in uh, January 2020. It's kind of a big deal. What does this mean for the people now that are interested in buying and selling? Um, well, for buying, not so much. They're going to have the excise tax change. So it really depends on what level you're buying at. If you're buying a home that's over $3 million, you're going to be paying more in January than you are now. If you're buying a house um, that is under $1.5 million, then you're actually saving a little bit. Yeah. So nice. it, it actually is working out to the... the um, better good of the people for the most part. Yeah. The problem here is we have an awful lot of real estate that's over $3 million. <laughs> yeah, especially you, know. Carrie, of all people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know people were uh, freaking out about that a little bit. And then, oh, wow, that when you actually do the math and the calculations, it's like, oh, I saved some money there. So, Carrie, whether we're talking behind the scenes in the industry, there's a lot of conversation and things going on um, with a big change that's happened. But I'm not sure how much in front of the scenes are consumers, buyers, and sellers know with the commission because it's forever when you're selling your home, the seller is paying the buyers, the agent that's representing them, and which is the listing agent, and then they're also paying the commission for the buyer's agent or what sometimes they call the selling agent because they actually brought the buyer which sold the home, and typical commission is 6%, so that would be 3% for both agents. Well, now there's something that changed because a, of some lawsuits that have happened, and it's different now. The seller doesn't have to pay both sides. So can you talk about that and how that's affecting the industry or uh, consumers in this process? So, so far, it, it, it hasn't really made a huge impact. It is um, just not required uh-huh. to, um, to give yes. the buyer's agent um, their percentage, but what you're really doing there is, you know, you're you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yes. Because if you don't want to pay the buyer's agent, then you know the buyer's agent 
they do need to make money and, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to be paid. And so if the buyer is going to have to pay for that, well, then they're going to take that off the price that they're going to pay you for your house. Yes. And it's just not going to be as desirable. And you're also not going to have um, a buyer's agent who is, um, uh, you know, wanting to give your house a, a better review than, and it may be subconscious, sure. but, you know, it's really, um, uh, uh, it makes you more money in the long run. The sti- yeah. statistics prove that when you pay full percentage, even two and a half percent, so mm-hmm. if you're paying nothing, you're really, you know, um, not going to get a lot of um, people showing your home. Yeah. And the more people that show your home, the better you do on price. Of course, the better you do on price. And I know, yeah, there was just a lot of conversation. It was interesting because as soon as October 1st hit, nothing really happened. And Mm -hmm. so um, it kind of just all worked itself out. Well, I think it's interesting for people to think about, okay, what are we talking about here? 3% Mm -hmm. on, you know, $500,000 home Uh is, you know, $15,000. So you're trying to save $15,000, but you're really going to cost yourself more than that $15,000 when uh, the buyer has to come with that cash because they can't roll it into their loan. Yes. So that really becomes a problem and cuts down on how much that they can borrow. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I really don't think that it's going to make that much of a difference because I think that savvy sellers are going to see that they still need to uh, pay the same amount and that it's going to come out of their pocket one way or another. So it's more of a disclosure thing, yeah. Right. The old adage never fails. You get what you pay for. That's that's just, it it always comes to that it does you know no matter what Um, and it takes money to make money exactly Mm -hmm. death and taxes those are all just you know (laughs) (laughs) uh so october brought some changes with fha guidelines can you share about some of those changes and uh specifically how it's a little bit easier to buy and sell condos specifically lots of changes Mm -hmm. in the condos market yeah yeah you know previously um a condo complex had to be fha approved which means that they had to have really good financials they have to have a low amount of delinquencies which means that their um, homeowners are paying their dues and that it's a healthy um, financial situation but it also means that there's a lot of hoops that have to be jumped through Mm -hmm. and um, now FHA has made it easier and said, okay, well, since most condo complexes don't actually meet those guidelines and Mm -hmm. it's making it very difficult for buyers who don't have a big down payment to purchase Mm -hmm. condos, and we do have lots of condos, they're saying, okay, now we're going to do spot approvals. And so they'll look at the condo itself and um, make a, a determination that way. So it's really opening up the market for people to be able to get those low down payment yeah. um, options. In it's a it's a big deal because spot approvals were around before the financial meltdown. Then they took them away, and now they're finally coming back. And it's going to be a huge deal because, um, uh, just like you said, there's low down payment you can do for conventional financing, but credit challenges, there's nothing to do except for FHA. So it right. is really going to open that up. So let's talk about the... Uh, uh, fall is prime time for applying for college, and many people want to uh, see what options that they have to help with these ho- higher college expenses. And how do you tie real estate into that, and how can real estate help with this, Carrie? Well, and that actually ties into what are your goals for this year for investing in real estate. You know, um, if you want to purchase a condo or a home 
for um, when you have a child who's young or even before you have children as a means to pay for college, yeah. you still have your original investment um, and you hopefully have a renter in there or somehow are, are gaining some income while that is going on. But even if you're paying a little bit or even, it's kind of a forced savings plan. Yes. And so in the five or 10 or 15 years until you need that amount of money, you have the equity um, to pay for college at mm-hmm. that time, or your child can live in the yep. the condo or the home, or you can sell it at that point, but you still have your initial investment and you have college paid for. So it's yes. really a great plan for people who, who um, are concerned about having that um, for their kids. Yeah. Carrie, so uh, tell us what's happening in your business here in the uh, the old luxury market. I know kind of the high end stuff that you do. What's going on? You know, I'm having a big party to showcase my new Alpha Construction luxury listing in Edmonds on November seventh, and I hope you'll join us um, to tour this amazing, thoughtfully built home and enjoy some cheese and fine beverages, and of course, prizes and giveaways. You'll get to meet the builder. It comes with tons of high end finishes and treatments. It's got 25-foot soaring ceilings, motion-activated stairway lighting, butler's pantry. And I'd just love to see people come out and take a look at that. And we've got a lot of luxury listings coming on for this new year. I think that while people are thinking about investing and and moving, that it'll be fun to um, see that. It's only 1.7, and it's really a luxury feel so you really can't get that um, sort of quality over on the east side for less than say four million yeah so it's really a fun home and you know um, I just want to thank you so much Tina and wish you and the listeners a happy holidays um, because I am really thankful to be able to be a real estate agent with Windermere and with your fine team well, so you're very you. welcome, Carrie. Likewise, we're very happy to have you here and hope to see you guys at the open house if you can't afford to buy $1.7 million. You need to drop in because it's going to be a party. You can call the show for more information at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyr.com. Carrie, thank you so much for coming back in studio. It's always a pleasure to uh, see you and have a chat with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Coming up next in the Money Hour, boost your website and grow your business. Jim Rosemary of New Tech Web Inc. right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Imagine getting all the business you can handle from your website. The experienced professionals at New Tech Web can help you grow your business online. Since 1997, they've helped hundreds of small business owners grow their businesses with more effective websites. Want to sell products online? New Tech Web can do that. Want to reach more potential customers? New Tech Web can help with that too. Need more reliable hosting and email services? New Tech Web is your solution. For a free 30-minute website assessment, contact the pros at New Tech Web today. Online at newtechweb.com or 253-639-3165. Hi, this is Jim Rosemary, president of New Tech Web. If you're like most small business owners, your website's nowhere near as effective as it could be. I'd like to help. Simply send an email to me, jim at newtechweb.com, and put the money hour in the subject line. I'll send you a free 10-point analysis of your website, a complimentary article that will help you enhance your content, and a free 30-minute, no-obligation consulting session on how to turn your website into a powerful marketing machine. Once again, send an email to me, jim at newtechweb.com, 
with the Money Hour in the subject line. I look forward to helping you with your online success. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, October 26th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey. And we are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show or any ans- answer any questions that you might have. You can call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at com. In studio, we have Jim Rosemary of New Tech Web Inc., And it's all about boosting your website and growing your business. Jim, thank you so much for joining us in studio for the first time. Very excited to have you. My pleasure to be here. And a little bit about Jim. Uh, Jim is president of New Tech Web, a website design firm he founded in 1997, which specializes in online marketing and business development for small businesses. New Tech Web has helped hundreds of client companies across the continent create or reinvent their internet presence towards improving their bottom line results. Jim's experience in sales, marketing, training, and technology spans over 40 years and affords his clients with perspective insights on business, both online and offline. He has worked for companies like Sony and AT&T and has called on clients from Boeing and Microsoft to one-person startups working from home-based businesses. Jim is also a published author and international speaker. One of the aspects of business that Jim enjoys most is educating businesses. Jim, so uh, I'm probably the first question you get often is, and I mean, I've been curious about this myself, what is the average cost for a website typically? And I know they have all these weird free services stuff, but you get what you pay for, I would imagine, again, like always. That's true, and that is probably the most common question we get. Uh, <laughs> the, the answer, though, is probably one that people don't want to hear, and that is it depends. <laughs> it depends on a lot of various things. And you're right, there are places you can go online and get a website for free, and you do get what you pay for because you're the one building your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, those commercials simply show you dragging stuff and pictures and images and content into your website, how do you know what stuff to drag in? But in terms of the cost, that's really where having a professional that represents your business is important. Uh, Websites can cost anywhere from a few hundred dollars to tens of thousands. Most expensive one was about half a million. It really depends on the business. Yeah, and probably it depends in what's involved in creating or in creating a new website or uh, upgrading that. Is that correct, Jim? And I'll Jim? give you an example of that. A lot okay. of times we, we're asked to just add a button. Well, adding the button is not the hard part. <laughs> it's the functionality behind the button that's important. That's about building the engine that makes the website work or makes mm-hmm. the function perform. That's the hard part. Yeah, and I've, I'm a uh, owner of a mortgage software, which I created, but I hired a developing team to build it out, uh, almost 10 years running on that. But yes, every time that we're, do I want to make some change or do an upgrade? It's like, well, there's so many different things that that can affect. So do you really want to do this or not? So I love that. Um, Jim, can you talk about SEO and the por- importance of it? I know um, we hear a lot about that, about it, where you add in the SEO, blah, blah, blah. 
tell us a little bit about your uh, your opinion of the SEO. Yet, if you're a business owner, you've probably gotten phone calls yeah. <laughs> saying that uh, they're Google. By the way, if, if you get a phone call from somebody that says they're from Google, they're not. Google will not call you in that way. Interesting. So it's probably a, a scam. Okay. Um, but in, in those cases where people do call you or you hear about SEO, SEO stands for search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. In order to find your website, when people do a search, you have to be relevant to that search. And so we design the site so that your site comes up when somebody does a search for certain terms. How do you know what terms? Well, that depends on what people are searching for. The way we put it is that I'd much rather be a big fish in a small pond, that is be a, a top performing player for keywords that people are looking for, the very targeted keywords. Yeah. But it has to be a pond that fe- people are fishing in. Mm-hmm. That is, people have to be looking for those terms. It's very easy to rank well for your business name. That's usually pretty unique. But what's more important is how do you rank for those things people are searching for when they don't know your name? That's what's really key. And there's much more to SEO than just putting words on your website. There are things like structured data, kind of a technical thing in Mm -hmm. the background, Mm -hmm. and other factors that go into making your site show up when somebody does a search. And that's why it's so critically important that you have a professional that understands all of this behind the scenes to make that work because, yes, you want to have a presence. And whether it's you're trying to get Internet leads or not, just having that presence when somebody is being introduced to you and they're going to find you online or they're putting something in that you've got a a nice SEO as well. And also something that's really important, too, uh, Jim, would you agree, is you know, mobile friendly or what they say responsive. Can you talk about the importance of that? Definitely. And it's a couple of years ago, Google changed the way that they rank websites. Uh, They now use what's called mobile first indexing. That means that they look at your site as if it's on a phone and they really determine where you rank based on how it looks on mobile devices. So that's what we want to do is make sure that your site ranks well based on its mobile view. We want to make sure your site appears well on various devices, whether it's on your phone, whether it's on a tablet or a tablet turned sideways mm-hmm. on a small or large monitor. It has to respond to or change its layout based on the device. So that's a whole technology thing all by itself in the background that we take care of. And if not, you're not player easy for the user. And it's really important that they're able to use your device, use your website and the tools that it has and look for you based on their device. That's definitely important. It's something we call UI, which is the user interface, or UX, which is the user experience. And a lot of that has to do with does it work well? Is it easy to use? Yeah, I think we've all been frustrated about you look something up and clearly it's not meant for a phone and right away you're just yeah, ditching yeah, it. Done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what are the keys to an effective website? What are some tips that you could uh, you could provide some of our listeners? Well, the biggest thing I think is really focusing on the visitor. All too often business owners talk about themselves and I'll mention that here in a bit. But when it comes to presenting information for the visitor, we have to figure out what's the right information. In other words, what answers their objections or questions, what are they looking for? And really focus on them. I also point out when I do sales seminars, there are three keys to selling anything. Benefits is the first one. Mm -hmm. Benefits is the second one and the third one. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It's all about the benefits. Mm -hmm. So is that website being effective in spelling out what are the benefits to using this company product or service? Yes, and those benefits can be tied to the problems that you know that they're having in their business and why they need you, correct? Right. Yes. It also has to be written so that it's speaking to the visitor, not to audiences. We don't read anything Mm -hmm. as audiences or view things as audiences. So it has to be focused on you and your. 
So important. Same thing in radio. It's all about you marketing. You always yes. want to be using you, replace the use with I, and talk to one person, even though you may be talking to hundreds of thousands of people. Absolutely. Well, in the money hour, maybe millions of people. Totally. Yeah. Okay, probably not. But we appreciate you out there listening, uh, you that's listening. So uh, let's talk about the difficulty of building your own website and why that might not be the best idea. Yeah, we actually get a lot of calls from people who've tried to build their own websites and they're at various stages. Either they've made it halfway through and now they're stuck on something technical or they're very, at the very beginning and they realized it's not like the commercials say it is. Yeah. Uh, the commercials always paint out that uh, you can just drag things into the screen and you know, drag and drop and it's easy to put stuff together. The challenge is how do you structure it in a way that is uh, going to make sense to the visitor when they come view the site and that guides them through the process to the end that you want yeah. as well as answers the objectives that they have. Jim, who typically writes the website content? Well, in our case, we write probably 95% of our clients' sites. Uh, that's not true for most website companies. Some do. Uh, but most companies basically say, give us your stuff and we'll put it up. Again, how do you know if it's the right stuff? How do you know to write it? Most business owners, first of all, don't have the time or interest in writing things. <laughs> they may not be that great at writing to begin with. Yes. But also then it's, it's writing things so that it appeals to the visitor, for one. It has to appeal to the search engines, for, for two. The SEO. Mm-hmm. And it also has to deliver your effective content. So how do you do all that stuff all at once? That's why you want it written by an expert. And that's awesome because they can bring in their brand and their words, but you're putting it into a professional piece that's going to represent them and their brand and maximize uh, for the SEO at the same time. Absolutely. I'll give you an SEO tip. Most of the time when business owners write their own content, they use far too many of the same of the keywords. They try to embed those keywords too many times. Ah. And so there's a limit to that. Google will look at your content and say, we see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to stuff those keywords into the page. If you do it too many times, you actually get penalized. But how many words should go on a page? Well, it actually, you could have a thousand words on a page and that's actually perfectly fine as long as it's not fluff, as long as it's actually saying something that's important. And I'll give you a tip right now for all the listeners. Okay. No matter what business you're in, or even if you don't have a website, I want you to read this book. It's called The Ultimate Sales Letter by Dan Kennedy. The Ultimate Sales Letter by Dan Kennedy. He said something in the book that was really crucial for any kind of written communication, any marketing communication. What he said was that if somebody is interested in what you have to say or sell, they want to know more, not less. And in the web world especially, the assumption is everyone has a two-second Facebook attention span. So we need to make it shorter. The problem with that is you're shortchanging your customers who are literally interested in what you have to say or sell. So what Dan said that hit me like a brick between the eyes is that if somebody's not interested in what you have to say or sell, you cannot make it short enough. Interesting. Wow. It's crazy how the algorithms are taking over as technology advances. These companies are picking up on it, and that's why you have an expert like Yeah, the content and what you're doing, how much and how little is important. So how much content should you have on a website specifically then considering what you just said? Well, size matters to Google. Yeah. That is, they want to see more content on your site. Content is king. And what is content? Well, it's the words on the page, the videos that you show, the pictures, all of that put together. But the words on the pages, that's really important. Having more pages that are laser focused on individual subjects. I'll give you an example. It's very common for websites to have a services page with a list of bullet points. The challenge with that is that each of those points should be a separate page. Mm. You're Mm -hmm. diluting the, the value of each of those bullet points by stuffing them all together on one page. 
So having more pages is better from Google's perspective. It also helps your visitor find exactly what they're looking for quickly. Yeah. So if you're a speaker and you've got a lot of things you speak on, you want to have a speaker sheet for each page for each different thing that you speak on and what that means. So let's talk about, we've already talked about it a little bit, but let's uh, go back to the the disease of the IR and us when it's coming to regarding the content. Yeah, something I call the IR us disease. If you read, once you're you're aware of this, you'll see it everywhere. Uh Once you uh, realize how it's structured, you'll realize why it's a bad thing. So most websites, most marketing materials are written in the form of, we're proud of, we've been in business since, our clients, our products. It's about me, me, me all the way down the page until at the very end, oh, by the way, here's what you get out of it. Yes. We tend to write the things upside down. That is, we put you and your first immediately followed by a benefit, and that then conveys the information people want to hear, what's in it for them, and then they'll read more. But they want to know what's in it for them first. Yeah, so true. It's shocking to me that people do that. Everything we have in this world, it's all about the value. What do I get out of it, right? And that's and the, the more you get out of it, the more it costs. And so why you talk about yourself, even in sales, mm-hmm. you know, is not a smart thing to do. Exactly. Nope. Um, so, Jim, talk to us a little bit about how I can make my current website better. Um, give us some tips for our listeners. Well, first of all, you can give me a call. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Or send me an email, and I will give you a free 30-minute consultation. So we'll do that. We'll also do a free uh, 10-point analysis of your website. And I guarantee you'll find something in there that you can do relatively easily and simply that's going to make your site better. But for the most part, it's really about adding content, making that content focused on the visitor, explaining the benefits of what you do and why you're different from everybody else. Those few things alone will make your site much better. Jim, thank you so much for uh, for coming in su- in studio, and I want to give a shout out because um, you know I've, I, I'm a real one of my core practices: embrace your strengths and hire out your weaknesses. And you really got to focus on what your expertise is and what you're great at, and hire out the rest so that you can get the best information, best content. And we've got a great resource here. You can call the show at one eight five five four hundred eleven fifty. Again, that's one eight five five four hundred eleven fifty, or online at themoneyr.com, and we can con- connect you with Jim for what he's offering. Jim, thanks again for being here. Thank you. Me. And coming up next on the Money Hour, our estate planning. How can you preserve your wealth, protect your family, and create your legacy? Steve Waltar of Legacy Planning, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, after the short break. Nothing is more important than your family. Do you have an estate plan that would protect them if you were gone? Steve Waltar with Legacy Estate Planning has helped individuals and families just like yours create their estate plans, helping his clients preserve their wealth, protect their family, and leave their legacy. Steve has expertly crafted thousands of estate plans for his clients in the last 20 years, and he can help you too. Hi, this is Steve Waltar, and we would be happy to help you or your family. Give us a call at 425 425- 455-6788. That's 455-6788. Or go to our website, waltar.com. W-A-L-T-A-R.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 26th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. 
your local mortgage experts. We bring in each week the best of the best in every industry regarding your finances. We're here to help you find the right people so you can have the best quality of life. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at com. In studio right uh, now, again, a first-time guest that we've had here, we have Steve Waltar of Legacy Estate Planning. And today we're going to talk about how to preserve your wealth, protect your family, and create your legacy. I love how that sounds, create your legacy. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me here. You know, people's home is a big part of their estate, so that's really important that people plan for that. So true. And a little bit about Steve. Prior to establishing his own law firm in 2000, uh, Steve spent four years at an exclusive estate planning law firm in Seattle. Uh, He limits his laws practice to areas associated with estate planning, including trust, estate laws, wills, probate, asset protection, business incorporation, and succession planning. Oh, and charitable giving and disability planning. Before he uh, limited his practice to estate and business planning. Steve with Rosenau, Johnson, Graf, Key, and Monis, focusing in practice on general litigation, insurance, defense, and family law. Before joining Rosenau, Johnson, he supervised as the family law department at Mulligan and Associates, PLLC. Steve is popular an entertaining speaker at estate planning seminars and has taught both professional and lay people estate planning and charitable giving. Steve has given over 100 seminars and talks and has taught courses at the University of Washington, Seattle University, Seattle Pacific University, Northwest University, and Bellevue Community College. He has spoken to private and public employees as well as to numerous communities, civic and religious groups. Steve has been a co-host and guest on two syndicated radio programs. He is a co-author of the book Legacy Wealth Planning, Looking Beyond the Financial to Provide Your Family with True Generational Wealth. Steve, what a list of accolades, you big stud you. Look at you And he's go. a tall guy, too. <laughs> yeah, way to I go. I forgot about some of those old firms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, I did that. That's right. I did that. So, you know, the, probably the most important thing for you to hear is one thing that I did before that and why I got into estate planning. What's that? So I went to seminary before law school. I thought I wanted to be a pastor or a teacher. Oh, and you, know, wow. you got this whole background in estate planning. And then when my mother-in-law died, you know, you live in Washington. People think yeah. we're a community property state. When you die, there must be nothing to do. Yeah. Well, he was a dentist in Wedgwood. They had real property in Sun Valley. They had, some, you know, they had property here. They had a toy store. They were pretty sophisticated. But when someone died... They were clueless. What do you do? So I did their probate. I did their 706 estate tax return. We were talking about probate before. It's like, it's a difficult time to go through retitling something, you know, Mm -hmm. husband, wife on a house, someone dies. You can't, you know, you keep living there, but you can't retitle it until you go through a court process. So I helped this family I knew pretty well. And that's when I kind of got my sense of call. I realized I've got the mind of an attorney in the heart of a pastor. That's estate planning. So I left. The firm that did a little of everything, and all I've done is exclusively estate planning since then. Yeah, I love that. When a little when tragedy happens in the house, you jump in, and now you're doing what you're passionate about doing. We've we've got all all bunch of passionate people here. Just love what they do. I agree, and uh, what a killer combo! A priest bo- or a pastor <laughs> before as a lawyer, like I mean, you know, he's got the right cause in mind for sure for his yeah. customers. 
Um, for those listeners out there that don't know what estate planning is, why don't you uh, let them know, Steve, exactly what the heck is this whole estate planning thing? Yeah, I hear, you know, I'm, I'm not Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. I don't have an estate. Well, anyone that owns a home has an estate. Mm-hmm. Anyone that has a bank account has an estate. If you have a life insurance policy. So estate planning is really just planning for what you have. And the main thing is you don't want there to have to be a court process to manage it during your lifetime. Mm -hmm. So people that are single, they need incapacity planning and death planning. People that are married, they often have things that are joint. And that Mm -hmm. might even say, hey, it goes automatically to my surviving spouse if I die. But other assets don't go that way. So an estate is anything from bank accounts to real property to stocks to IRAs. You know, there's a lot of assets that make up someone's estate. And I mean, I'm personally going through this and there wasn't a whole lot that I thought, but when you get down to the details and the nitty gritty of stuff, there's a lot of stuff, quote unquote, you can't see me, but I'm doing the motion stuff that you have to deal with that you probably didn't think about. So it's a good thing to talk to Steve and figure that stuff out because when you're grieving, that's a, a, adds another layer on top of that. That's really tough. Yeah, yeah. I think when people die, there's shock, there's denial, there's anger. Yeah. And then when you realize that, you know, sometimes you don't do anything. And sometimes you're not thinking well, and then pretty soon you realize you have to have an attorney, and then there seems like a delay, and then you people people get mad. Yeah. But there, there, there are, you know, it's been said you never know someone until you die. I mean, there are things that have to be done legally to change title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so pretty much everybody, if you have anything that's of worth or value to you, you need to have an estate plan. So, Steve, why should someone wanting to create a estate plan be looking for a qualified estate planning attorney and not just going online? Yeah, it's a great question. I get it a lot. And I guess the best way to say that is you don't know what you don't know. Yes. I mean, there are people that are adults with adult children, and they may want everything to go equally to their kids. And if they die without a will, it will get there. But an intestate probate is more expensive than a testate probate when you have a will. And if your goal is to give everything outright, the will is not the best tool. Sometimes you want to avoid court and avoid a six-month, $6,000 process. So you could do a living trust or you could do um, a transfer on death deed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people come in and you're asking about costs earlier we talked about, people call us up and say, how much does a will cost? That's the wrong question. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, what I need to know is what are your goals? What do you have? Do you have family? Are mm-hmm. you married? And, and once you really get to know what someone is trying to accomplish, then we can recommend the tools. Yes. You know, the tools... It's really, I'm the, I'm the doctor trying to diagnose what do we need to do? Is this brain yeah. surgery? Is this heart surgery? Do we, you know, so it's hard for people to self-select. You know, they can play around looking at a will, but that, the will may not be the most important part of their plan. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. So what about consequences of having a bad estate plan? What are some of the horror stories that could possibly come up with a situation like that? Yeah, let me pick on the married folks for first, because (laughs) we have different rules in different states. And you guys all know what homes are worth around here. It's not that hard for a married couple to have north of two million bucks. Mm -hmm. And if you've got the wrong language in your documents, you might have to pay a Washington state estate tax when one spouse dies. The wrong language, you did it in another state, and you say, oh, pass the maximum tax-free amount. And then when you die in Washington, all of a sudden you're trying to give away you know, money to someone other than your spouse, and there's a limit on what you can give to someone other than your spouse. So I've seen a lot of documents that would cause a $240,000 tax problem when one spouse dies. So would that be a worst case scenario of what happens when someone doesn't have a plan? Or, you know, what what does that look like if somebody listening today does not have a plan and someone Mm. dies? Actually, that's usually a plan 
that's usually the consequence of having a plan that wasn't relevant for Washington state language, okay. someone with the largest state. And, and that's, that's kind of the most dangerous. Someone thinks they have yeah. a good plan. They did it to list guardians. Their state's yeah. grown. They worked at Boeing, and now they got, you know, $5 bucks, and they've got this uh, poor plan that's going to cause a state tax. I think no plan usually will default to children and or a spouse. But, you know, if someone's remarried, you're going to end up with a separate property going half to the new spouse and half mm-hmm. to the children. Well, the children might be from a prior marriage. So, you know, I, I think it's so unique based on the person and the goals. But of course. no plan um, usually is a big problem if you're incapacitated yeah. because you have to go to court to manage things. If you're on a joint account, you don't have to go to court, but you can't you can't sign for your spouse. You can't even admit yeah. them into the hospital. You can visit them, but you can't give authorized consent. That's why you hear people when somebody is literally on their deathbed and somebody's trying to get a signature from them. I mean, that's just crazy. I've heard stuff like that in, you know, in the mortgage arena. Just crazy. Yeah, the devil's in the details. That's all that's the whole thing there. So in Washington State we kinda hear from people in general, oh, we're in a in a community property state. So that just means everything goes to the spouse. Is that true? That's wrong. It's not true. So Mm -hmm. a community spouse, I mean, community property law means you get a step up in tax basis when you die, but it doesn't mean it goes to the survivor without court. You're gonna have to go to court, get someone appointed and then retitle it. Wow. It doesn't mean that it avoids a court process. Mm-hmm. It just means that there's a there's a, a havesies upon death or divorce. The community property is going to go to the spouse, but it's not going to go very efficiently. Yeah. So, Steve, um, as an estate plan to, to help keep a, a lot of your wealth in government hands from av- avoiding taxation, but how can somebody make sure that all of their hard earned money isn't just blown away and it goes to the next generation? Well, I was even going to think how you know how how quickly do you think someone spends an inheritance? Quickly. I don't know, but I would imagine that it's pretty quickly. It's pretty quickly, yeah. People yeah. that have not earned something, they often make whimsical yeah. decisions. They all of a sudden have all these best friends, uh, unwise investments, and they blow the money. Even millions of dollars are usually blown within eighteen months. Wow! So usually, part of our process is to ask a little bit about the beneficiaries. How do you want to protect them? Because you yeah. can give them some asset protection or remarriage protection, you know, or, or all sorts of things like that, so they don't blow it too quickly. Yeah. Maybe you kind of phase it in. You can do trust that, that benefit the who's receiving the money. Yes. And we're coming from a saving generation to a spending generation. So exactly. I read. So that's a whole different layer of the. <laughs> and then they say most people that win um, the lottery go bankrupt because exactly. Maslow's hierarchy of thinking, they're not used to having that amount of money. So they haven't trained themselves to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. be very careful, people. So, and previously being a financial advisor, I know that people are living longer and medical expenses are rising. And that may lead to many that worry about kind of the long-term care aspects of things, which can be ridiculously expensive. Right, right. I dealt with that with my own family. Um, is that something an estate plan can help with? Absolutely. There's, I think there's 5 million families that have filed bankruptcy since 2005 or something just because they couldn't cover the cost of long-term care. I mean, it's like yeah. 9500 a month. The private room is 10528 a month here. Mm-hmm. So improper planning would mean that the home would be subject to a Medicaid lien. So this mm-hmm. is a really important thing. Sometimes people say, look, I don't, I don't care if we blow through this or that. I want to make sure the state's not going to put a lien on our house no matter where I'm cared for. I'd rather get Medicaid rather than have the state put a lien on the house. I want this to go to my children or grandkids. You have to plan, especially with safe harbor trusts, or you have to do irrevocable trusts. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's careful planning. Yeah, yeah. So, Steve, as we've got a minute to wrap up our time here with you, what would be a next step for somebody to do if they want to know more about estate planning? Oh, great question. 
Uh, there's some resources at our website, which is mm-hmm. waltar.com, W-A-L-T-A-R.com. I think we're relaunching it. should be more mobile-friendly. Uh, we give workshops and seminars. Or they can just call us at 425-455-6788. And what we do is we meet with people. We're, we're, we have two attorneys at our firm, and we're happy to give a free initial consult. What we want to do mm-hmm. is just be able to mail out a questionnaire. And as long as someone comes in and I know if they're married or they're single, they have kids— then I spend a lot of time asking them what's important, what motivates yeah. you. And then I'm happy to review if they have a plan in place or not. And then we together we build a plan that fits their needs. Yeah, that's so great. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming in. Look forward to having you come back and look forward to sharing with our uh, clients to get into your workshops. All right. That's great. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Thanks for listening. We'll be back same time, same place next weekend on 1150 AM KKNW. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.